0: Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are going to speak with professional wrestling legend Bruce Pritchard. And of course, Bruce was a mainstay in the World Wrestling Federation during the heyday of professional wrestling. It was an amazing career, and uh, it spanned everything. He was a writer, he was a a key advisor to Vince McMahon, and of course he played the infamous Brother Love on camera. And Bruce now has a podcast called Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard, where each week... He relives some of the best moments in professional wrestling that he was a part of, and man, was he a part of a bunch of them. Well, just quite candidly, you know, growing up, I was a huge, huge fan of the Brother Love character. So I had a great opportunity to sit down and chat with Bruce. We visited about all sorts of topics, including Donald Trump, of course, Many of you know, listen to this program. Donald Trump hosted two WrestleManias, being a key advisor to Vince McMahon, and we'll talk about some of his favorite Indiana and Indianapolis pro wrestling memories. Here's our conversation with Bruce Pritchard. We have the privilege today of speaking with the legendary Bruce Pritchard. He has an amazing new podcast out called Something to Wrestle With. Bruce, tell us a little bit about it.
3: <laughs> well thank you for saying it's amazing. It's something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. It's on the MLW Radio Network. We drop every Friday at noon and it's myself and Conrad Thompson. I, I like to say that Conrad is actually the host of the show and I am basically the permanent guest. And what happens each week is we we let our listeners choose on Twitter. I'm at uh Bruce Pritchard, the show is at Pritchard Show and Conrad's at Hey Hey it's Conrad. Every Sunday, we put a poll up, and we allow our listeners, we give them four choices. We allow them to choose the topic that we're going to discuss, and we basically talk about what happened when. And whatever they choose, that's what we talk about that week, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And Conrad does his research and grills the hell out of me, and it's been taking about two to three hours each week to do
0: it. Now, 20 or 30 years ago when you were making these memories, did you think, man, someday people are still going to want to be hearing me talk about them?
3: You know, there was a large segment of the population that knew me in my 20s that didn't think I would make it to 30 years old, much less (laughs) talking about what I was doing 30 years ago. So, yeah, I probably didn't have those thoughts in my head at that time.
0: At what point did you get really into professional wrestling? Was it as a kid?
3: As a kid, when I was four years old, it was love at first sight. It's all I ever wanted to do. And when my family moved to Houston, Texas in 1969, we started going to the matches in Houston on a weekly basis when promoter Paul Bosch promoted every Friday night at the Sam Houston Coliseum. And I was hooked. I never diverted. I had a goal. I was going to do it. I was going to be in the wrestling business, and by God, I did.
0: Now, you're best known on camera as Brother Love, but you did a, so much great work behind the scenes for World Wrestling Federation. As a kid, did you want to be behind the scenes, or did you want to be in front of the camera?
3: Well, as a, as a kid, I wanted to be the wrestler. I, I wanted to be in front of the camera, and I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be world champion. And as years waned on and my knees said, no, nah, I don't think you're going to do that, I, I changed my priorities a little bit and I had gotten behind the camera and just never really got out. I'll never forget Paul Bosch telling me, you know, the money's, the money's on this side of the business and you don't have to take bumps. So I, I did that and I really went after it and just never looked back. But when I had the opportunity to get in front of the camera, um, that was a dream come true as well.
0: Now, as we said, you have this fabulous new podcast out. It's called Something to Wrestle With, and I'm curious how you came up with the idea to, to do it and how you put it together.
3: I can't tell you, man. It's just one of those, one of those deals. Okay, so that's one of the things that I say an awful lot on the show. It's one of those deals where – so I try to get that in and everything nowadays, but – Conrad and I were friends, and we worked together on other projects and do other things. And we would always sit and talk about the wrestling business. And and he would just hit me with questions, and I would tell stories. And one night, we're sitting there, and he looks at me and says, this is a podcast. And I said, yeah, well, that's one of those things you can chalk up to never going to happen. And he just kept on me and said, this would be great. Oh, everybody would listen to it. And I just laughed at him. I said, nobody will, nobody will want to hear me. Nobody wants to listen to me talk or tell stories or hear my voice for five minutes or two minutes, much less two hours. And he persisted, and I kind of threw it back on him. I said, I'll do it as long as you do it with me. And that's how we started. And, and we started out – kind of, the the premise was simple. Whenever I meet people and they find out what what I've done in my life, the conversation usually starts out with, hey, what happened when this guy did that, or this guy heard this, and, and I would tell stories. So the premise was, what happened when? And we started out talking about the current product and giving my views on what I thought of the current product. And then we would go into story time. And the response was overwhelming. That They didn't give a what I thought about the current product. They wanted to hear the old stories. <laughs> and and as we got into it a little more, uh, Conrad had the idea of why don't we do a poll? Why don't we let the, the listeners choose? And And along the line, everything that has made it easier for me. I'm like, hell yeah, okay, good. I don't have to decide a topic uh, this week, and that way I can put the heat on the listeners. They choose.
0: It's so cool, because you're like a Rolodex of information. Does this stuff stay with you, or do you have to jog your own memory from time to time?
3: On the events, I have to go jog my memory. And when when it's something, uh, for for example, we, we did Nitro last week, the last Nitro. I had to go back and watch. And the... Behind the scenes stuff that was easy, but the event itself—you got to remember—I've been doing this for forty-three plus years, and one match uh, on, you know, April nineteenth, nineteen ninety-one—I don't remember. Right. And there's a lot of fans out there. Dave Lagana, who was a, a writer with us at WWE and later TNA, Dave had this almost photographic memory where he would. Just recall, it was the Philadelphia Spectrum on a uh, hot summer night in August, and I remember the third match, the referee was and I'll just look at him like I don't know <laughs> uh, you know, but but when there were big events and, and, and how I look at it is I'm, I'm telling you stories from my perspective, and, and how I remember things is how they affected me. And it's not necessarily like people will come back and, well, oh, that's not how it happened. That's not how I saw it. Well, wait a minute. No, that's how I remember it, and that's how it affected me. That's what I thought, and that's how I felt about the situation. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's simply my opinion and, and my story, damn it.
0: We're obviously being heard throughout the Circle City, Indianapolis. And I'm curious, do you have any memories that stand out of WWE and WWF's time in Indianapolis? Because they have been here a lot over the years.
3: Oh, Market Square Arena. I remember it well. I'll, I'll tell you, the um, the one very... <laughs> i got a couple fond memories of Indianapolis. Some we can't talk about. <laughs> but uh, I remember one time in Marcus Square and we were doing a TV taping. The Brother Love show, we had to do five, five times I had to go out. By the third time, they wanted to kill me, not in the heat way. They were just sick of seeing me and hearing my music. But what people didn't know was I had had my wisdom teeth cut out two days before and flying down – and, I, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. i get my wisdom teeth cut out. You take a couple biking in and, and swig a few beers and, you know, you go on and go about your normal life. And I got dry socket. And anybody out there who's ever gotten dry socket knows how painful it is. And I had to go to a dentist in Indianapolis the day of the show to unpack, to go back in and unpack and repack my these holes in my mouth. I was swollen up like a chipmunk, but I was so fat then people really didn't notice. And I could barely talk. And I was in just ungodly amounts of pain and on every painkiller known to mankind. But I went out and I did five brother love shows and and was in ungodly pain. And and I think the last one, thank God it was the introduction of the Legion of doom. And they basically held me up with their shoulder pads. (laughs) Our guest is Bruce Pritchard, and uh, tell us about your podcast again, Bruce. Well, something to wrestle with on MLW Radio Network, and it drops every Friday at noon, and we cover everything that there is, pretty much cover my career, and it goes from 1979 till now, so we're having a lot of fun with it.
0: Now, is it weird that I wake up every Saturday morning, and one of the first things I think of is, oh good, another something to wrestle with podcast to go listen to?
3: That's a good thing. (laughs) Okay. And, I hope, and I hope along the way you're going to Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash Bruce Pritchard to uh, look at T-shirts as well.
0: Now, tell us about the T-shirts because they're outstanding as well.
3: You know, that that's something that's really crazy too. It, it's uh, Conrad, you should have T-shirts. And I started doing these T-shirts. But when we started the podcast, it, it became a half-assed rib because everything we would talk about – He would say, that's got to be a rib. No, that's not a rib. we got a shirt, not a rib. And you can get that shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Bruce Pritchard. Um, But we have the box of gimmicks, which has become one of their top sellers. I don't get it, but it's cool. And uh, along the way, we've come up with a lot of designs. A lot of them are unique to the show. And when I go out in public and I wear them, people always come up and go, what the hell is a box of gimmicks? What do you mean you used to be over? And you got to explain it, and um, I hope they retain it and listen to the show.
0: Now, Bruce, Vince McMahon's wife, Linda, has been tapped by Donald Trump to head the Small Business Administration. Did you ever think Linda McMahon would be heading the Small Business Administration?
3: Wow, isn't that cool? Um, I tell you what, she's very qualified. She is one of the smartest people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. Uh, a nicer and classier lady you couldn't find. So, it fits. I I think she would be a tremendous asset to any administration. So, I was a little disappointed when she didn't make it in the Senate, but now she's up there, and I think she's going to have a lot of of great influence.
0: Well, let's get to your experiences with a guy who is now the President-elect of the United States, Donald Trump. Of course, he hosted two WrestleManias in the 1980s, and uh, also was a part of one in the 2000s. Tell us about your time uh, dealing with Donald Trump.
3: All good. I found Trump to be a really great guy. And of course, I was dealing with him on a completely different level than the first two times in the 80s. He was the host of WrestleMania uh, 4 and 5 and was a great guy to work with. He was easy, really down to earth for, you know, then I don't think he was a billionaire yet, but an extremely successful businessman. And. He was great, and then I worked with him when we did WrestleMania, and well, in other times throughout the years, he would come in and do different things. But he was a piece of cake and a lot of fun to work with.
0: Were you surprised that he ran for president?
3: No, not at all. I mean, he's he's that kind of guy. It's, it's kind of like Vince McMahon, and I tried to explain this to to people the other day. Vince would say something, and at the time, it would seem like the most ridiculous statement in the world. But he would look at everybody in the room say, we're going to do this, so let's just go get it done. Don't sit here and bitch about it and wonder how you're going to do it, what you're going to do, who's going to do what. Just go do it. Trump's same kind of guy. And they they figure out ways to get things done.
0: Take us through what it's like to work for Vince McMahon.
3: Well, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) It's also extremely stressful. Yeah. And you can never, ever say that you were bored. And you can never never say, hey, this wasn't exciting, man. It, It was an adventure every single day. You never had the same day twice it wasn't boring, nine to five, oh, uh, you no, know, ho-hum, I got to do the same thing today. It was exciting, and I dare say it was fun. I, I, I like to say to people, you, you hear this, it's kind of cliche, but I never worked a day in my life. It was fun what I did. I enjoyed what I did. You know, I had my ups and downs uh, like, like everybody does, but I don't regret anything
0: a lot of people know Vince McMahon, the character, and I said this about Trump after I interviewed him uh, in the Indiana primary this spring. Uh, We talked for about five or ten minutes uh, off microphone, and and I said, uh, you know, if people knew this side of you, he was very charming, he was very nice. I said, if people knew this side of you, they'd have a totally different opinion. And I get the feeling that, that Vince McMahon is much the same way.
3: Definitely. When you get him away from having to perform, even if it's a performance in front of five people, you know, if he has an audience, he he will perform. One on one, he's a great guy, and I, I'm proud to to call him a friend, and I'm proud to have worked for him all those years. He's a genius, uh, without a doubt. I think anybody that, that says different doesn't understand and have never experienced that. It it was it was a thrill. And It's funny because I get accused a lot of of towing the company line. I don't work for them. Uh, Probably never, ever will work for them again. But I can't go back and say, hey, you know what? Those 22 years there, they were horrible. I was mistreated so bad because it's simply not true. I had a great run, and I had a blast doing it, and I worked with a lot of great people. And it would dumbfound me when people would leave and then want to bash the company that you work for. Well, who's the idiot? You know, if you worked there for for 10 years and it was such a terrible place, why didn't you get the hell out?
0: I started watching pro wrestling at a very young age, watched full-time into my teens and do you ever sit back and think, man, there are millions of people that we created so many fond memories for?
3: It's insane. Uh, you got to understand, man, I'm a I'm a kid from Texas that Everybody told me only one in a million make it, and I was one of those one in a million. So I dreamed it. I thought about it. I envisioned it. But when it actually happens, it's, it's surreal. And when you sit back and realize how many people you touched and affected in your life, it's extremely humbling, and it's kind of a wow moment. Because when I get the numbers for our podcast and I go, wow, half a million people downloaded, you know, last week's podcast, and you think about that, I'm just a guy. It, it, it's Conrad always says, he goes, can you believe this? Oh, I, he goes, a mortgage guy and an old wrestling guy, and we got a half million people listening to us, and we just scratch our heads and and we're just having fun. We're telling stories and having fun. We hope along the way we make a little money, but it's, it's simply amazing and it's very humbling to think that people care and they take the time to download your show and listen to you. And they tweet us on Twitter and we try to be as inter- interactive as we can. When people buy t-shirts from me, it, it sounds like a sales pitch and hokey. I call them. Um, and just say thank you, because they took the time to go to a website to order a shirt and put it on their credit card. And it takes, what, two minutes to pick up the phone and say, hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, because I really do. That's pretty
0: cool that they get a phone call from you, too. That probably really makes their day.
3: Well, that's scary Internet of a <laughs> <laughs> frankly. But... I hope so. I mean, I don't know I don't know anybody else that does that, and it's just simply a situation where we were sitting there one day, and I'm looking at all these orders, and Conrad says, wow, could you imagine? Because Conrad hadn't seen the, the sheet before, and, and I said, yeah, it's got all their information on it. He goes, you should call them. You should call them and, and talk to him. Leave him a message, something. And I did, and the first – At first, you know, I got a lot of uh, voicemails. I would leave them a message. You know, if they don't answer, I leave them a message and go on my merry way. But a lot of times I'll I'll have a run. We'll all sit here in my office for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half just returning phone calls. And I'll get people on the phone and they'll ask me questions about the podcast and ask me questions about my career. And two minutes out of out of my life to just say thank you might might get me another listener it might get me another shirt and uh I think it's cool that they take the time to go and and buy something, so it's the least I can do.
0: Again, our guest is pro wrestling legend Bruce Prichard. He's got a fabulous podcast called Something to Wrestle with, one of my favorite things to listen to. And in the time left uh, here, Bruce, want to talk about a couple of Indianapolis and, and Indiana-based uh, wrestling figures, and want to start with the Ultimate Warrior. A lot of people uh, don't know that the Ultimate Warrior was from originally from right here in Indiana. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Warrior?
3: Well, Ultimate Warrior was a guy who had a huge impact on the business. And he came up, he was out in California, had a tremendous physique, and started training out there. He started training out there with Steve Borden, Sting. There was a group, I think there were four of them. They were called Power Team USA, but Sting and Warrior were the only ones that really made it. I wasn't a big fan of his personally and professionally throughout the years uh, we had we had our conflicts didn't necessarily get along all the time but it's a it's a profession and you got to work with people sometimes that you don't necessarily like and make it work and and we did that but you can't take away his charisma you can't take away his drawing power and the guy was a, a phenomenal. Phenomenal star back in his day, wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, didn't have to be, but he he drew money and, and had a unique look and an ungodly charisma.
0: I had two conversations with the Ultimate Warrior on the telephone, and the one thing that stood out to me was that he never seemed to break character, like I always felt like I was talking to the Ultimate Warrior, did he ever break character?
3: he did but the it wasn't too far from the character and he jim hellwig became the character or the character became jim hellwig however you want to look at it and that's kind of difficult to deal with sometimes is that normal it, do, do a lot not really do that? not really you know it, it's hulk hogan when you when you get hulk off off away and he's just Terry you know he's a, he's a different person but yet he's still Hulk Hogan warrior you know he changed his name to warrior he he wanted to be the ultimate warrior and that's who he he became this persona and it was uh, I tell you it it was a shame how he died so damn quickly and and left two beautiful kids um That's terrible whenever anybody passes, and they they leave a family behind. And that broke my heart. And people, uh, I love it when I sent out an RAP and and prayers to his family. And, of course, Twitter is a unique platform because no matter what you do, you you get opinions from everybody, and they're kind of like assholes. Everybody has one. (laughs) And they're like, well, you bashed him. I did bash him. We we didn't particularly care for each other. However, that doesn't stop me or him from being a, a real person and having genuine sadness because one of your colleagues leaves us too soon. And I can still feel for his family and his children you know, for his children and his wife. That's terrible, man. He's got two young, beautiful daughters. That sucks and you know i truly did i felt felt sorry i felt bad i'm glad that he made peace with wwe at the end and they put him in the hall of fame i thought that was great
0: i had two conversations with him both of them were over an hour and i'd never met the guy before and i I remember thinking that this really says a lot about him that he would sit on the phone with somebody that he's never met before for for over an hour and Uh, I'm curious, did you see a lot of that with him when he would go do charity work, which I I know that the WWE, WWF back then did a a lot of charity work, met with a lot of
3: kids? He did, and he, like I said, he he took that warrior persona very seriously. He was the warrior. So he practiced what he preached, as ludicrous as it would be sometimes, and on the other side, it, it could be pretty cool. So the good things he did, let's applaud those and, and remember those and, and applaud it.
0: I want to talk about another Indiana wrestling legend, The Brain, Bobby Heenan. What did Bobby mean to you, and how did he inspire you in the business?
3: Well, I'm not going to talk about him like he's dead. He's alive and kicking and still has the greatest wit you'd ever want to come across. I love Bobby Heenan. Um, without a doubt, one of my top, Five favorite people ever in the wrestling business. Um, we were we were friends and still are friends. Bobby and I spent a lot of time together and so much so we were at a restaurant one night in Sanford, Connecticut. And the waitress comes up and Bobby and I are just going back and forth with each other and had a few drinks. And the waitress looks at Bobby. and She goes, oh, my God, you, you guys are so great together. And she looks at Bobby and says, is this your son? And I, I just started calling him dad and he called me son. He called his wife when we got back and says, uh, honey, I've got something to tell you. Uh, we have a new member of the family and she's thinking, did you adopt a dog? Did you, are you bringing a dog home? And he says, well, kind of. <laughs> and, uh, you, you have a son and, so I affectionately uh, refer to him as Dad, and, and him to me as his son. So uh, Bobby Heenan is was a gift to the wrestling business, and anybody that ever had the pleasure of being around him for even five minutes, you were entertained beyond belief. He's the best, simply the best wrestling manager of all time, and one of the greatest people on the face of the earth uh, just un ungodly Would if you if you go back and listen to his Hall of Fame acceptance speech if you get the unedited version and and he starts busting my chops um, I never laughed so hard and cried so hard in all my life. How did guys like
0: you and Bobby heenan? Get a response night in and night out from people, whether you were in Indianapolis, Indiana, or Louisville, Kentucky, or Stanford, Connecticut, or Los Angeles, California. How were you able to trigger a response from people in arenas night in and night out?
3: Passion, believing, believing what you were doing and delivering it in a way that everyone in attendance, everyone watching you knew that you believed it, and there was no doubt and I did and, and people say well you were a gimmick I was a gimmick but when I put the suit on when I slicked the hair back I was brother love and I became brother love in in character and I believed everything I created everything that came out of my mouth and the mannerisms and everything that I did and I believed it and no one could ever say oh well you know what When he said that, he didn't feel it, or it wasn't true. It was true. I felt it. I felt it because I created it. I felt it because I lived it. I did it. I loved it. And if you didn't feel that from me, then I wasn't doing my job. And Heenan was the same way. When he walked out, he was Bobby Heenan. Ray, he left Ray backstage. And he went out there, and he was the brain. (laughs) What a gimmick that was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bruce, let everybody know where they can... uh Hear this fabulous podcast. Tell us about the T-shirts, too. You know, you're, you're creating an empire here. That's what you're really doing.
3: Hey, we're working on it, man. But you can listen to the podcast every Friday at noon on the MLW Radio Network. It's something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. You can follow us on Twitter at Pritchard Show. No T in Pritchard. You put a T on your back, and you can do that at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Bruce Pritchard. We have a great selection of t-shirts for you to choose from and check them all out we even have we even have a chicken salad recipe on one of them but if you used to be over i've got a shirt for it and i just now decided that i didn't just used to be over i'm over by god and i've got a shirt for that too so <laughs> we run the gambit we got boxes of gimmicks not ribs The whole nine yards, we talk about rumor and innuendo and the fact it does not exist on something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard, And I've got a shirt for that as well.
0: Bruce, you're a great guest. Love the podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for your time today.
3: Hey, Rob, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it.
0: That was the legendary Bruce Pritchard, And I'll tell you what, you know, I've interviewed all sorts of famous people on this show course, we've even interviewed the President-elect Donald Trump. But I'll tell you what, that is one of my all-time favorite conversations. Bruce, such a great guy and a, really a childhood hero of mine. So awesome uh, to hear from Bruce. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's conversation, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. or are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana Today. You can download the show, right to your smartphone or tablet. You can go back and listen anytime time you want as always our podcast presented by mcdonald's until next time i'm rob kendall saying have yourself a great evening
3: you've been listening to the kevin kersey agency presents central indiana today on 98.9 wyrz made possible by the kevin kersey agency 701 north green street in brownsburg an archive of today's program can be heard at our website wyrz.org Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall.
0: This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9.
1: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
0: The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community
2: radio in Hendricks County. can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com.
0: Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana
3: Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.